Hey, hey, I'm back from a three-week hiatus over Thanksgiving and then back-to-back -back weekends of conferences, and I'm excited to be able to share with you what happened during those conferences and why I think maybe in 2024, you might want to plan to go to at least one because they can truly be life-changing if you go to the right one. It's time to turn your dream into bold action. As a Christ-centered coach and mentor to women changing the world, I firmly believe that we all have a gift given to us by God, and we are meant to share that gift with the world. Your gift was given to you to help make others' lives better. Let's turn your passion into an authentic and profitable business that reflects who you are at your core. Welcome to the Dream Launcher Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Ferrara. The weekend after Thanksgiving, I headed down to San Antonio, Texas with a few of my friends and we went to the Forerunner Conference. It was hosted by Daniel Adams with The Supernatural Life. You can go look him up at the super, supernaturallife.org. Phenomenal teaching on deliverance and prophecy, on your identity in Christ, on following the Holy Spirit and on receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. And I'm excited to go ahead and bring you a few highlights, some things that happened. There's some things that I experienced, some things I witnessed, some things my friends experienced. And I'm excited to bring this to you and just share what happened at the conference. And then the week after that conference, I hosted a conference at my church and it was phenomenal as well. It was all about freedom. We had eight speakers. I was one of them and just topic after topic after topic that had to do with breaking off and breaking free from things such as anger and issues with purity, issues with fear, struggles with pride and abuse. And oh man, just phenomenal conference. And I was honored to be a speaker, but then also I was the producer of this, of this conference as well. And it was just, it blew my mind how much grace there was in this. To make it happen because I was so busy leading up into it that those final little preparations between getting back from Texas and then starting that Friday with the conference, there was so much that needed to happen in those three days after I got back and it all happened and it happened beautifully and the conference was amazing. So it was just incredible to sit back really and while I was stressed and had all of the things going through my head, be able to say, you know what, God, though, this conference is yours. It is totally yours. And I know that that my faith was built up in the conference that I was at in, in Texas to come into the conference here and be able to just rest in the Lord and know that it was going to be perfect for the people who attended it was going to be exactly what they needed because we were going to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to deliver. And we didn't have to, we didn't, we didn't have to be the ones to um, make sure that it happened. Like there's an excellence to it. There's the planning and all of that. But there is something about just like all of my stress went away. As soon as we started, as soon as the first speaker kicked it off and we started worship, all of the stress went away. And I was, just, it was just in, oh, okay, we're here. It's happening. 
So let me start with the Forerunner Conference. And like I mentioned, it was hosted by the Supernatural Life, TSNL, and Daniel Adams is the apostle who leads that organization, who leads that ministry. He is an amazing teacher. He is such an such a humble man to just to watch him teach. He can get really excited when he's in the in the moment of the deliverance and of prophecy and healing and praying for people. He can get very excited. And I think some people might see that as um, as prideful or cocky, but he is so confident and so humble to see just to see him. He's it's just there's just no other way to, to say it. He is a very humble person and he's knowledgeable. He's a young guy. He's in his mid thirties. And I have to say, you know, as a almost 50 year old, I have no problem learning from him. He has tons of knowledge and he is truly anointed to teach and to preach and also to pray over people. And we saw miracles over the weekend, miracles that I've never seen before. Some things that I've, that I've seen other people experience. And then I had my own experiences, like I mentioned, and those are the, those are the moments, those moments that I have, of course I journal, but I journal everything. And so I'm a note taker as well. So in all the teaching sessions, I was writing like crazy, taking notes. But then when we get into worship and we get into prayer, there were so many moments there that I will cherish forever. So I know I experience things in multiple ways there. I used to mainly hear words in my head when I was hearing the Holy Spirit speak to me and I didn't visualize much. I didn't see, I didn't get uh, visions of, of things or feelings. And, um, and so I used to mainly get words as I have pressed in with the Holy Spirit. And as I had have spent more time with him, he has opened up new ways of speaking to me. And so there are times when I'm in prayer, when I can really get down low and listen. And I just am in that moment. And you know, if you've been there, you know that you can feel the presence of God. It's like the air gets thick, but not in an oppressive way. It's just, you can feel it. You can feel him. And you can feel the Holy Spirit moving. And there was a moment on day two during worship that I was feeling that heaviness. And I knew I needed to just, I just needed to get down on my knees on that cold concrete of the event center, but I needed to get down on my knees and I needed to worship. And it wasn't the jumping up and down worship that we had been doing. It was a moment that that was very intimate and personal. And I got down on my knees and as I just listened to the music and prayed in the spirit, something amazing happened. I started seeing the, the visual that I got in my head. I started seeing oil being poured out and that oil eventually then turned to honey. And so there's that oil of the anointing, that oil of protection, that oil of joy that comes and that honey, that sweet, sweet honey that is just the goodness of God, the provision, the, the, the care. It was just, it was a beautiful thing because you could just see, I don't, I'm, I was trying to describe it to my friends. And it was like, if you take a 
bottle of oil and you pour it and you kind of pour it fast. It kind of goes, whoop, whoop. <laughs> That sounds weird, especially for you, those of you who are listening, just listening on the podcast and not watching. But just imagine that, you know, just the way that it like it kind of slows down and then it kind of comes out faster. And it was doing that. That's what I was seeing. And then I knew when it turned from oil to honey, and it was just the most amazing thing to experience and to feel that, to know that that God was there in that place and he was pouring out his oil and he was pouring out his honey. He was pleased with the worship. He was so pleased. I could feel him just smiling down on us. And it was just so all encompassing. It was so intimate yet. I know it knew that it like, it wasn't just for me. It was for everybody there. And I don't know what the final, what the actual numbers, I know there were at least a thousand people there. It may have been more, especially in the evenings. I know there were way more, but it was incredible to experience that. And then just the teachings. I mean, we had teachings on identity teachings, just those foundational teachings from the, from the Bible on, on, like I mentioned on your identity in Christ. One of the things that, um, that Daniel said on day one he said, change your mindset from victim of the devil to freedom in Christ and the world will look a whole lot different to you. Can you think about that, man? We, I know as, as Christians, especially as you start to really become aware of the spiritual warfare and you become aware of the enemy's tactics and how he tries so hard to fight against everything that God has for you in your life. When you become aware of that, it can be very, we can easily fall into a victim mentality where we're blaming a flat tire. We're blaming that we were late for work. We're blaming every negative thing on the enemy. And it's just not that way there. We just, sometimes it's just life. And sometimes we just make mistakes. And sometimes there's just, we have hardships because we live on this earth and we deal with normal people who have free will to be nice or be mean or whatever. And so not everything is an attack, but it's very easy when you become aware of the spiritual warfare and how much the enemy is coming against you as a Christian, you as a believer, you with this purpose from God. And he wants to do everything he can to stop you from fulfilling your purpose. But we can get very much into a victim mindset where that's all we're focused on instead of being focused on our creator instead of being focused on the one who made us and the one who put that purpose in your heart we're focused so much on the enemy and it's one of those things where we have to be aware of the enemy and aware of his tactics so that we can be on the offensive instead of the defensive so that we can be the victor not the victim so that we can stand in that victory that was bought for us on the cross, that victory over the enemy. And when you believe, when you believe that what Jesus did for you on the cross was for you, every bit of you, it was for me, it was for you, and you are worthy of it, you deserve it, deserve it. Do we deserve it? We do because he did it for us. Not because of anything that we've done, but because he chose you to be worthy and to deserve it, to deserve that salvation, to deserve the healing, the freedom, 
that comes with all, everything that he endured on the cross, the price that he paid. And so many of us fall into, and I know for a long time, I did not fully believe what Jesus did for me. I didn't fully understand. I didn't fully comprehend. And I didn't fully believe that it was for me too. And I'm so thankful that I made the decision to believe what the Bible says. And that bottom line, that's what it comes down to. Believing what the Bible says. That we were bought at a very high price for the debt that we owe for our sins. And we are worthy of it because he says we are worthy. And oh, that's something that happened on day four. At the very beginning of the of the evening session, uh, one of the MCs asked, are you ready to be undignified for Christ? undignified for Christ. So we can hold ourselves back. We can hold our worship back. We can hold our prayers back because we're worried about how we might look to others around us. We care more about what the people around us think, even if we don't know who they are and we will never see them again. We care more about what they think than what God thinks about our worship. And when you think about David dancing naked and like that, he didn't care. He was undignified in his worship. He did it because that's the way that he showed, I'm all yours, God. I'm all yours. Look at me. I'm not covering anything up. I am yours. And that's how we've got to be with God. That's how we've got to be with Jesus. That's that's what, what separates you from being in the world versus in heaven, but still on this world, right? Of the world. No. We're of God. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And when you can be undignified, it sounds so weird to say it that way, but that really is what it is. So when the MC said, are you ready to be undignified? If you're ready to be undignified for Christ, come up to the front. Let's all just come right up to the stage and let's worship God. And so me and, and one or two of my friends, I can't remember because I just kind of rushed up there, but I know one of them was like right behind me. So we went up there and we were hooting and hollering and jumping and twist, turning around and yelling and dancing and singing. And it was so incredible because I didn't, in that moment, I chose to not care what I looked like in my worship. And then we got to the slow song and I kind of alluded to it a little bit ago. They started singing that song worthy of it all. And once again, I felt that, that presence, I felt that heaviness you could just, and it's just a matter of, of, of surrender. It's a, it's that moment when you just can't even hold yourself up. You've got to just get low. And I knelt down again on the concrete floor and I was singing the song, you are worthy of it all. I'm not going to try to sing it here, but you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all from you. All our things to you, all our things you are worthy of it all. And I sang it over and over and over again. 
and over and over and over again. And the miraculous thing that happened was as I was singing to God, you are worthy. You are worthy of all of my praise. You are worthy of all of my worship. You are worthy of everything. You are worthy of it all. I heard him begin to sing it back to me. So I was singing to him, you are worthy of it all. And in my head, I was hearing him sing it back to me. You are worthy of it all. And I knew what he meant. He's, I'm worthy of every gift, every promise that he has given me. I'm worthy of it. I don't have to discount it. I don't need to play it safe. I don't need to push it aside. I don't need to, to discount it. I don't need to decide for myself that what he did on the cross was, was great for everybody else, but not for me. That it wasn't enough for me. Oh, that's hard to think that you're, that when you aren't surrendering to God, when you're, when you're not giving him every part of you, when you decide to just lay it down, when you finally decide to lay it down and receive everything that he's got for you. the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He did that for you. The gift of salvation. The gift of wiping all of your sins clean and remembering them no more. And if he won't remember them, then why do you want to remember them? Why do you want to hold it against yourself? If he forgave you, can you forgive yourself? Forgive yourself. Oh, that moment when he sang back to me, you are worthy of it all. I just broke. I broke. I cried. I was undignified among this crowd of thousands. Because that, that moment was for me. But what's amazing about God is there were probably hundreds of people having a very similar moment. Maybe not exactly what it was. He was speaking directly to me what I needed to hear in that moment. But I know there were hundreds of people there having their own individual little moment with God in that place. And I can say that with all confidence because I saw it happening. I saw it happening and I heard the testimonies. It was really miraculous. So I got off on a little, <laughs> I got a little preachy, didn't I? <laughs> wasn't my intent but but I'm going to say this all of that is like what the first half of the conference was the first half of the conference was understanding that debt that Jesus paid for you and being willing to accept it and decide that you are worthy of that gift because he wanted to give it to you because he chose to give it to you and we get to accept it. 
We don't reject it. And it's that doubt and that fear that says, but what if, what if the sin that I committed was too much? God said, I've covered it all. I've covered it all. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. We are covered in his blood, that blood sacrifice of him dying on the cross was to heal our broken hearts, was to heal our bodies, was to set us free from the captivity of negative thoughts and abuse and fear everything else and it comes when you fully accept it when you believe he really did do that for you then you can walk out then your whole life with this confidence Daniel Adams calls it Godfidence right because it can be confused with pride from the outside outsider looking in but it's not pride it's it's confidence in the one who created you that you were born to be here you were born to be on that stage you were born to be in front of those people talking to those people you were born to preach you were born to teach whatever the gifting is that he's given you you were born for it he created you for it and you get to step into that now, the purpose of this podcast, of the Dream Launcher podcast, is to help you step into that, that dream and that purpose. Our purpose here on this earth is to serve others in some way. And he's given me a way and he's given you a way that you are supposed to serve and me a way that I am supposed to serve. And that is what we get to step into and choose to believe that we're doing the right thing. Choose to believe that we're doing what we're called to do. One of the other phrases that was mentioned at the conference was God doesn't steer parked cars. Okay. Now, what does that mean? It means when you get a dream, when he gives you something to do, there are so many of us who will sit and wait well, I heard God tell me that I was going to do X, Y, Z. I heard God tell me that I was going to lead a Bible study, but I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I don't know which one I'm going to do. So I'm just waiting on the Lord. How long are you going to wait? Because that waiting is delaying. I have learned, because I've done my own share of waiting, I've learned that that waiting is actually procrastination. That waiting is disbelief in ourselves. That waiting turns into disobedience. If you were told to go lead a Bible study, to go lead a small group at your church, raise your hand. And go do it. Go talk to whoever it is that you need to talk to and say, next time that we do our, at our church, we call it a life group launch. But, you know, a small group 
I'm going to, I want to start a small group, whoever it is that you need to talk to for that home group, that small group, life group, whatever you call it at your church, just raise your hand and say, I want to do it. And then pray and ask the Holy Spirit, what do we do it about? What, what book, <laughs> you know, what study am I going to do? Maybe it's just as simple as we're going to open our Bibles and read the Bible and then talk about it. One of my good friends, Liz, has a has a, a study. Okay, I'm not going to call it a study. She has a home group that is just like that. And they have done different studies where they've read books and they've they've done those things and they've watched videos and all of that. But for the past few years, she just has a group of ladies that come to her house every other week. And they open their Bibles and they share a Bible verse that touched them that week. Maybe they were, you know just in their own time reading and something that came up, something that stood out to them and they share it and they share what stood out. They shared what they learned from it, how they may apply it. And those women are growing and they have shown up year after year after year to just open their Bible and share how God was speaking to them through his word. So those things don't have to be complicated. And that's really not, not really where I was going with this. But just as an example, she could have waited and said, well, I know I'm going to you know, bring people back into my house this next semester, right? This next uh, life group launch. I'm going to bring people back into my house. What are we going to do? Well, I don't know what we're going to do. So maybe I won't do it. I'm going to wait until I have a very clear answer. And there are times that we need a clear answer, but there are times that we need movement for God to give us the rest of the story. We need to take the first step to show him that we're willing to take action for him to then move and say, okay, this is now the next step. You did your part. You took a step. Let me tell you where to plant that left foot. Now let me tell you where to plant the right foot. So, he doesn't steer a parked car. If you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, he's waiting as well for you to take that step. I think that's a huge point that came out um, and it came up several times from several of the, several of the speakers. It came up from multiple speakers of that, that obedience that's needed when we have that call it might be that obedience that need that's needed when you're standing there in line at the grocery store, or you're walking down an aisle at the grocery store and you feel that Holy Spirit nudge to say something to that person coming at you from the other direction. You get that word of knowledge that says, they, they need to hear from me today. Will you open your mouth and I'll fill it? I'll speak if you'll open your mouth. Did you catch that? takes me opening my mouth, then God will fill it. But if I don't open my mouth, I'm going to walk right on by. And he's like, I had all this stuff that I wanted to give to that person. But you didn't have time. You were too afraid. You weren't sure if you heard me right. If we wait and wait and wait, God's just waiting too. And he has, he has purpose. He has things that he wants to be done. He has things that need to be done. And it's not a works thing. It's an obedience thing. 
He wants to know, will you obey? Will you listen to him? And you know what? There have been times I've gotten it wrong. I think I've heard something and I start going one direction and he's very quick to correct me if I've heard wrong, if I've misinterpreted or if I thought I heard from him, but it was really me and what I wanted to do. If I start down that path, he's going to correct me. He's going to say, yeah. take a hard right. <laughs> you went left, take a hard right. So I think from the messages from this particular conference, from the Forerunner conference, I would say that was the overarching message in a lot of the teaching was the obedience, was the taking that step, was trusting God, trusting that you heard him, trusting that he'll be there for you, trusting that he'll fill your mouth if you will be obedient to open it and speak. Trust, 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 trust. And knowing your identity in Christ, that everything that he did on the cross was for you. You just have to receive it, accept it, and walk with the confidence of, that comes from knowing that he did that for you. I'm sure that I will share more about this conference and about what I've gained from it. I definitely want to share a, just a few miracles. I know one of the girls that was with us. Uh, when they were praying, they over uh, for healing in in the body to you know test it. So one of my friends, Elaine, she was was just worshiping, and she and they said about the knee pain, and she had been at a point where she couldn't walk upstairs without really holding on to a rail. There was no way she was going to squat down for anything, <laughs> and she realized that she had been healed. She was. She was sitting there. She wasn't actually like she was worshiping and she was believing, but she hadn't tested. She was like, wait, I'm sitting there believing like, okay, I'm going to receive that. I'm going to be healed. And then they said, they said, now test it, like do something you couldn't do before. And she squatted down and she got back up and she squatted down and got back up and she squatted down and got back up. And then my friend Felicia looked over and was like, are you okay? <laughs> and she's like, my knees are healed. I could not do that when I walked in this building today. And she actually got up on stage and it was funny because she, of course, like kind of overwhelmed by being up on stage to tell her testimony that she, her knees were healed, but she realized like she walked up the steps to get on the stage without any support, without any help. It didn't, it wasn't work for her to get up there. And then she got up there and she was sharing and they said, okay, well, what could you not do? And she squatted down and she got up and she squatted down. And she got, up. she even jumped. It was, a, it was so amazing to watch that. And it's some, something that seems like so simple, simple. My knees hurt and I can't walk upstairs easy. It's not simple. People will suffer forever until death with that. But she was healed. And she was so excited and it was real. It wasn't fake. It wasn't made up. It was real. And of course there are just other, other healings that happened and other people that got up on stage. There were lumps that were there that disappeared, that reduced. They were half in size. They just kept praying and praying for it to go away completely. It's amazing when we surrender to God, what can happen when we have that faith to believe that what he says is true, that he wants us healed, that he died for our healing. 
It's an incredible thing to see. It's an incredible thing to experience. And then there's the other side of words of knowledge that happened. And there were a lot of, of prayers spoken to renounce witchcraft, to renounce um, just abuse and generational sin. And incredible things happened there too. There was one session when it was just supposed to be a, um, it was a panel and people from the audience were able to ask questions. And at the end, Daniel stood up and he said, he just had this feeling that he needed to pray for something very specific. And that was for people who had kind of an argumentative spirit that there was a lot of strife in their marriages and relationships because there was just a lot of arguing that would happen and a lot of offense. And one of my other friends, as he prayed that, and she prayed with, with him as he was breaking that off and you, and, and he prayed for, you know, coming out of agreement with that anger and renouncing it and laying it down. And I know my friend did not expect what happened. She did not expect to be so overcome with emotion. She just knew that, yeah, she and her husband, you know, they fight some, there's some disagreement happening there. And so she was like, yes, I want to come into alignment. I don't want to argue with my husband. Right. And she wept. It was a beautiful thing for her to let go of that anger, to let go of the offense, to just pour it out, to just cry it out before God. Things that she'd probably bottled up for years and years and years to just let it out. And that's, that goes back to that being that being willing to be undignified for God. When you're in that moment where Jesus wants to heal you, you can stop it by being worried about what you look like. How loud am I crying? Am I screaming? <laughs> What's happening? I don't want to embarrass myself. But when you decide that your freedom is worth every bit of lost dignity in the moment to have freedom on the other side, freedom is right there waiting for you. And that's something else that I got to experience and to witness over and over and over again at this conference. You can actually watch the whole thing, all four days were streamed live on the TSNL Global YouTube channel. You can actually go watch it, all the sessions if you want, and you will truly be blessed by it. There were lots of speakers and there were was phenomenal worship that really ushered in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Every speaker was so anointed. Like there wasn't a single speaker that really, that fell flat. I know I've been to some conferences before where this one was really good. And this one was like, yeah, so, so every speaker had the anointing of the Holy spirit on them to speak exactly what they needed to speak. Some of them got up there and they're like, I had notes, but I'm here in the Holy spirit. Tell me, I need to talk about, talk about this instead. And God filled their mouth with what needed to be said in that moment. It was incredible. But then go watch the testimonies towards the end. Watch as they brought person after person and person up onto the stage to share what happened or to pray over them more for healing. 
So incredible. So incredible. Deliverance, freedom, physical healing, identities restored. Absolutely incredible. I will be going again next year. I think they said it's going to be in California. So I better be saving up now. <laughs> it's going to be just as incredible next year. I had actually committed at the beginning of this year that I wanted to go to two conferences. And I did that. I went to one in June, very similar um, format. It was only a couple, only two days, um, but similar thing. There were multiple speakers and there was lots of prayer, lots of ministering to people who needed it. And it was incredible. I received some different things at that one as well in worship. Um, I know that that's like, that's, that worship time, I can receive definitely and take my notes and everything as they're teaching. But that time in worship, when I choose to almost stop singing and just sit and receive. Every time, every time I get some kind of vision, I see something in my hands. Something truly incredible that happened on the last night of this conference. Um, as I got low one time, was, had to step out into the aisle, get on my knees. I actually saw Jesus walk up in front of me and he put his hand on, on my head. And I physically felt something in my body. I wouldn't call it electricity, but it was definitely a an energy, <laughs> a um a vibration. Um I knew he had touched my head. It wasn't made up. It wasn't just a figment of my imagination. Jesus came and touched my head. And I know what I heard in my head when I was asking, what is this? Because he didn't say anything. But I, I immediately had a knowing that there was a commissioning that happened. And I'm excited to step into that. I'm excited to for what 2024 holds because I know that there is something he's, he's told me. <laughs> between now and the end of the year to just relax and have fun and enjoy life and enjoy my family. But the change is coming in 2024. So I'm ready. I'm ready, <laughs> but I'm going to enjoy now and I'm not going to get ahead of him. I'm just going to hang out and do what I know to do. Keep doing what he's told me to do. And he's going to shift things next year. And I heard that at the conference. Not from any other speaker, but during worship, asking, sitting down. I sat down at some point. I was just feeling this like, what do I need to be doing in my business? I feel like something needs to change, but what do I, what needs to change? And as I wrote that down, he, he told me, Holy Spirit, I heard him clearly in my head say, don't worry about it. Enjoy the rest of this year. Just keep doing what you're doing, but things will change. So I'm eager to see what that is. Now, that was the first conference right after Thanksgiving. This past weekend, I hosted the Real Change Conference 
and I was the producer for the com for the conference. So, you know, aligned all the speakers, got everything set up, made sure that that the the two big teams, the intercessory team and the altar team tagged, you know, um, or, you know, got help on recruiting members for those teams. And, and that conference was incredible too. And I've supported it and helped in, in planning it for the last couple of years. And this time it was, it was my baby. It was, it was mine to plan and mine to do. And it was a lot of responsibility and it was um, a lot of pressure knowing who I kind of took over this semester from who took it over from for this semester. And, um, but oh, only by the grace of God did it happen. And he made it happen absolutely perfectly. The speakers were amazing, as I mentioned. Um, and the participation of the people who attended was phenomenal. Um, we'd cover really hard subjects and, but it's all about freedom so to have a speaker speak on pride and give all kinds of examples of how pride shows up in your life, it's pretty incredible how pride shows up in so many different ways. And I might have to take some of, some of these topics and do some shows on them because um, it's very enlightening for sure to see where you may not see pride in your life, but seeing where you may rebel, you may um, have almost a false humility or you have a, sometimes that, that victim mentality, um, lots of different ways, not just me, 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 narcissistic type thing. <laughs> There's lots of different ways that pride shows up. Anyway, all of that to say, each one of these topics goes into what it is, what does God think about it? So biblically, where does it show up and, and how does he speak about that particular issue? And then there is renouncing that happens. There is one-on-one -on -one prayer that happens for every participant to be able to say, you know, where two or three are gathered, we're going to come together in agreement that this is no longer part of your life. And then there's a declaration prayer that is, that is, prayed at the, um, the end of every session as well. And that declaration prayer is so powerful. Um, it's a different one for each section because it obviously it pertains to that particular topic, but it's one of those things I know, um, in my previous episode, I was talking about the Esther anointing book and the declarations, the prayers that are at the end of each chapter there and how powerful they are that you can almost feel as you pray them, you can feel your confidence rise. You can feel your identity step forward. And, and it's, it's just an incredible experience within your body as your, as your soul comes into alignment with your spirit. That's really what's happening. Right. And the same thing happens at the real change conference with those declarations at the end also. And so it's, it's an incredible thing to go through because you've gone through this study where you've covered a lot of this material and you've gotten really good biblical foundations for like living in the tree of life versus, versus the tree of good, the knowledge of good and evil and the Holy spirit and forgiveness. There's a whole, whole chapter on forgiveness or unforgiveness 
and how that plays and plays a part in your life and in stifling your freedom and really wreaks havoc in your life in different ways. If you are holding on to, uh, to unforgiveness, if you're, you're just not willing to forgive somebody for what, how they've wronged you, what they've done to you, it holds up your own freedom. It's keeping you captive, not them. And, um, and so there's all of those parts that you go through within the study itself. And so then this is the culmination of that study where you're just like, okay, it's time to break all this off. And it's very similar. I'm going to say, as far as those, those, the renunciations and the prayers and everything, it's very similar to the conference that I went to in San Antonio um, and how we would do prayers there, but it's different at the same time. And both are just different ways to go about the same thing. Freedom from all of the things in our lives that are holding us back, that are keeping us from being fully what Christ created us to be, fully who God made us when he formed us in our mother's womb. All of those things of life and the enemy and things that have happened to us, things that we have done, and just the way that the world has failed us and false beliefs and all of it. So it's something that I'm very, very passionate about. Um, this particular conference, this study, but just freedom in general, <laughs> freedom in Christ. Isn't that what we should, we should all be passionate about? <laughs> freedom in Christ. I don't want to hold on to anything that I'm not supposed to hold on to. I don't want to hold on to to a grudge against somebody. I don't want to hold on to a belief that the enemy's planted in my head or that some person put in my head way, way back in elementary school when I embarrassed myself or something. And then I'm stuck. It's stuck. It's like Velcro. It just sticks to you and you can't get it off. It's like Velcro that's been duct taped on. And then finally, when you, when you can come and sit at the feet of Jesus and learn the truth and hear the truth from him, he can delicately just take that right on off as if it never attached to you. And I want to live that every single day. I don't want any of that gunk attached to me. And I help others get that gunk off too. I help him connect with Jesus so that he gets it off. I don't do it. I don't do it. He does it. But I know that that's one of those things, that's, that purpose that he has given me in my life is to work with others, to connect with him, to teach others how to connect with him, because it is a learned skill. Uh, I think there are some people definitely that that from birth, they just know that they have been connected and they've heard the Holy Spirit. They've heard God. They know that they're that that they're getting that, that they have that connection. But a lot of us don't have that. A lot of us have to learn it. A lot of it is unlearning what the world has taught us about how we connect with God and who God is, that we have to unlearn that so that we can learn truth. And I absolutely love working with people to help them with that. It's the most rewarding thing that I get to do. I love my job. I love project management that I get to do every single day. I love love coaching women in their business and helping them to grow their email list and set up their website and, and create their programs that they're going to take to the market to help coach others or teach others how to do something in a course or, 
one-on-one training that they may do or one-on-one coaching that they may do, that is rewarding as well. But man, when we get in there and we can get, we can break a lie of the enemy or we can break a lie that from something that their mom told them over and over and over again that has held them back from stepping forward or believing in themselves, when we can break that off, ooh, I'm like sailing on cloud nine the rest of the day because that is what brings me so much joy is to see somebody else set free from those things. And so it's cool to be able to go to a conference and see that happen. It's cool to be able to lead a conference where you, where that gets to happen. And it's just, I'm so honored that I had the opportunity to do that this semester with the Real Change Conference. I'm honored that I was trusted with that. And I will be so honored to be able to lead it again next semester at the end of next semester coming into the summer. It's going to be big. I'm already recruiting people to run the, to, to, do the study to lead the study. And so I know it's going to be phenomenal again, come May or uh, June, whenever we get to to hold that one, it's going to be incredible. But I hope that the, my rambling today about these two conferences brought some kind of revelation to you or some encouragement or that maybe you were just piqued your interest in finding a conference that you could go to or even just watching this this one uh, that I went to in San Antonio. It's the the Forerunner Conference, and you can go to TSNL Global on YouTube and go watch those. If you click on the Live tab, then you'll see those uh, different sessions from that conference. I highly encourage you go watch them. Of course, you know it's hours and hours and hours and hours because it was a four day conference. And there were three sessions every day. So there was like a two hour session, then a break and a two hour session and a break. And then basically a four hour session at night. So lots of material to cover, lots of phenomenal speakers. And, you know, they're all had their own specific giftings and anointings and were called to be on that stage. It was truly amazing. Um, And I was just overwhelmed by the experience as a whole. Maybe one day I'll be able to get Daniel Adams on this podcast and we'll, we can uh, get a little teaching from him as well for you guys. Cause he's a, like I said, he's such a humble guy and he's an amazing guy and, and, and just, and he's very in tune with the Holy spirit. So maybe, maybe I'll be able to get him on the podcast one day. I think as I continue to process what I experienced and the notes that I took and all of that, I'm sure I will bring more to you about this conference and just what I've learned. It's, um, it's going to be continuing to evolve within my, within my spirit, within my brain, as I continue to process them, as I look over my notes and I know I've started looking over them and, and circling different parts and everything, because there's so much gold within what was taught at the conference. So I'm sure I will bring more to you. I will give credit where credit is due for sure when I do that. And until next time, I hope that you continue to dream and grow with God. And if this was helpful, encouraging to you, please go like it, share it. And if you've been enjoying the Dream Launcher podcast, as always, please go on to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe. Hit that bell so you're notified when a new podcast is released. 